My name's Asphira Lindenbar, and if this is your first time tuning in on this show, I give advice to any folks and creatures who may need it. Uh, before we start the show, I've been asked to read the following announcement. <clears throat> Towering forest rangers have been made aware of a creature in the forest that is putting folks into a temporary slumber before relieving them of any shiny items on their person. No one has yet been able to identify this creature, but after being shaken awake, those affected all describe the creature as a levitating, amorphous figure with one feather-like antennae. Antenna? Anten- Antennae. Anten- It has an antenna. Witnesses cannot seem to agree on whether the creature was blue or green, so we have settled on cyan. The creature was last spotted near Pellery's Pie Shop. Residents of the Towering Forest are encouraged to stay inside their homes and close any doors, windows, skylights, secret tunnels, and escape hatches until this creature is safely escorted out of the forest. There will be an update from the ranger station as the situation develops. Wow, you know, I was just at Pellery's this morning, and we're not too far from there now. But we should be fine here, so long as we stay inside and keep all the doors and windows. Reuben, that window is wide open. Did we learn nothing from Devi the Dust Devil getting into the last station? Our station manager, Reuven, just shut the window. <sighs> now we're good. Well, hope everyone else is staying safe, and I'll let you know if there are any updates on the cyan sleeper. The cyan sleep maker? There aren't any good words for something that puts people to sleep. The cyan, my mom's stories about her pottery class. Kidding! Jokes! I'm gonna get in trouble for that one. In the meantime, let's get the show on the road. Our first letter comes from Heido. Heido writes, Dear Lesphira, there's an evil sorcerer who lives in the woods outside of my town. His name is Delamiscus, and he's never bothered the town, but he has made it very clear publicly that he is constantly working on plans to conquer all of Grevlon. Ooh. Because of these claims, I decided to make Delamiscus my mortal enemy and swore to protect Grevlon from his sinister schemes. Whenever he comes into town to do his grocery shopping, I always make sure to loudly proclaim that his malicious machinations will not go unchallenged, and that if he ever dares to enact his cruel contrivances upon Grevlon, that he will face the wrath of Hido the hero and his trusty sidekick, Quaggy. My problem is that Delamiscus doesn't seem to know I exist. Anytime I make these public declarations, I expect at least a retort from him, but he hardly spares me a sideways glance. I thought for sure by now he would have sent a demonic spirit from the evil realm to attack me in my home as I sleep, but I haven't had so much as a cockroach infestation. How do I get my mortal enemy to notice me? Should I just attack him the next time he shows up in town? Appreciate any advice. Hido. P.S. Could you say hi to my friend Quaggy? They're a big fan. Hi, Quaggy. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Hido, for your letter. A mortal enemy? I've never personally had a mortal enemy. Well, maybe the Chattering Grove, but they're a bunch of talking trees that will insult you to no end and will probably never die, so I guess I have an immortal enemy. The first thing I notice about your letter is that you seem to use a lot of big words in your public declarations against the sorcerer. It's possible that he doesn't fully understand what you're saying, but is too shy to ask, so he just pretends not to hear you. Try using smaller words when you challenge him, like... Delamiscus, because you want him to know you're talking to him, I'm going to stop your evil plans. Simple and to the point, you know? Another thing is, if you tell him he's going to face the wrath of Hido the hero, it's possible he doesn't realize that you're talking about yourself. 
He might be sitting around waiting to run into his biggest opponent when you were right in front of him all along. So that's why it's good to say, I'm going to stop your evil plans. So he knows it's you. And I hate to say this, but there's also the possibility that he already has a mortal enemy. Or maybe he's not even looking to have one. He could just be too polite to turn you down in public. Because of that, I don't know if it's a good idea to just attack him the next time he shows up in town. I think it's better to handle this privately. Maybe send a friend to talk to him and casually ask if he has a mortal enemy and see if your name comes up. Or you can write him a letter that says, check this box if you consider us mortal enemies and see if he checks it. Hope it works out for you too. Thanks for writing in. This next letter comes from Skundin. Skundin writes, Dear Lesphira, Hi, love the show. So I've been on a few dates with this guy I met at an underwater jousting tournament my friend brought me to. He was really sweet and brought me to this tavern at the top of a beanstalk. Oh, I've heard of that place. The date went really well and I felt like we really connected. However, when the check came, he challenged me to a duel to see who would pay the check. I thought he was joking, so I laughed and said I wasn't really wearing the right shoes for a duel. He agreed and then paid the check himself. I thought that was that, but then we went on our second date and he said the same thing when the check came. I said I still wasn't wearing good shoes for a duel, and this time he looked a little annoyed. I offered to pay the check, since he got it last time, but he insisted on paying. On our third date, we went for a walk in the shifting labyrinth, so there wasn't a check to pay. We were still getting along really well, and I was excited for our next date. I told him I was going to take him to this restaurant I really love. Then he asked me if I was going to wear shoes that'd be appropriate to duel in. At this point, I felt like the joke had gotten old, so I just said I really didn't want to duel for the check and that I would just pay for it. He got quiet for a bit, then finally said that couples being able to duel over disputes is a time-honored tradition in his family. And if I didn't like dueling, then we should probably just part ways. I was in shock. I asked him what kind of dueling he was even talking about, and he said it could be any kind. He looked sad about the prospect of us never seeing each other again, and I was too. But I told him I don't feel comfortable physically fighting him, so we agreed to call it there. It was such a weird situation that I tried to convince myself it was all for the best that I don't see him anymore. But I can't stop thinking about him. I have no idea what to do. Any advice would be appreciated. Thanks, Skundin. Wow, I've been on some interesting dates, but I've never had a date challenge me to a duel. I did have a date once who challenged the chef to a duel. The chef did not accept the challenge, and my date was kicked out while I ate dessert by myself. Anyway, I think if you really like this guy, you should try to make it work. Maybe the two of you can figure out a way to incorporate dueling into your relationship without you having to engage in actual physical combat. I mean, what even is a duel? I'm sure we could twist the definition in some way. Hang on. Ruben, where's that dictionary? I was just using it yesterday, and I swear... Oh, here it is. Ooh, what's this book? This looks interesting. Ruben, can I borrow this? Yes. Oh, sorry. Got distracted, but here's the dictionary. Nope, this is the book I'm borrowing. This is the dictionary. Okay, duel, 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 duel. Oh, here we go. Duel, a contest with deadly weapons between two parties in order to settle a point of honor. Oh, I guess that's pretty cut and dry, huh? Okay, hang on. Second definition, fight a duel or duels. Oh, that's just the verb. That doesn't help. Well, hey, language is always evolving, right? I 
say you two should try to work together to redefine dueling in a way that makes both of you happy. Maybe you duel by using a game of wits, like like playing Stone Moss Sword. Stone beats sword, sword beats moss, moss beats stone. The trick is to play Rock Giant. Rock Giant beats everything. No one ever thinks to play it. You'll win every time. Or you can ask your server to tell you both a riddle, and the first person to solve the riddle doesn't have to pay the check. Or, or you can ask someone at the next table over to pick a number between 1 and 20, and the person closest to the number wins. It sounds like he was just as disappointed as you were that you two were calling it quits, so I think it's worth at least seeing if he'd be willing to find some sort of compromise. At the very least, I'm sure he'll appreciate you wanting to respect his family's tradition the best you can. Hope that helps. Thanks for writing in. We're going to take a quick break to hear from a sponsor, and then we'll be back to take a call and give some advice. If you need some advice, tell your speaking plan to call Dearless Fira at the Towering Forest radio station. But first, a word from our sponsor. We all have people we want revenge on. Maybe it's a childhood bully. Maybe it's an ex. Maybe it's your good-for-nothing brother-in-law, Fregory. Whoever it is, you want revenge, but you don't know how to get it. Introducing Rosball's Revenge Letters. With one innocent-looking letter, your piece-of-garbage brother-in-law, Fregory, won't know what hit him. Our revenge tier system allows you to select the revenge that's right for you. Tier 1 letters are full of fairy sparkles. Good luck to the recipient of that letter. Fairy sparkles are notoriously difficult to clean off of skin and clothing. Hopefully your obnoxiously pretentious brother-in-law, Fregory, is wearing his favorite sweater when he opens it. Tier 2 letters contain a smelling stone that will stink up an area in seconds. Now, this won't make much of a difference for your foul-breathed brother-in-law, Fregory, which is why I personally suggest sending a Tier 3 letter. With a Tier 3 letter, you can choose from a variety of curses to send to the person you most want revenge on, whether it be a mean neighbor, a rude customer, or the man who embarrassed you in front of your entire family at Nana's 250th birthday bash. Our wide selection of curses includes hair loss, hair growth, invisibility, silence, snakes, backward speech, and bubbles. Please note, you cannot send more than one curse per letter. I've asked. So tell your speaking plant to call Rosball's Revenge Letters today and order the revenge that your brother-in-law Fregory has had coming to him for a very, very long time. Rosball's Revenge Letters. Because revenge is a dish best served letter. I hate you, Fregory. And we're back with Dearless Fira. And we have a caller on the vine. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. What's your name? Oh, I didn't know. Um, it's Imid. Hi, Imid. Do you need some advice? No, I don't need advice. Um, I'm actually here to inform you that you have been selected by my organization as radio host of the year. What? Yes. This prestigious award is one of the highest honors that can be granted in Grevlonian Radio, and you were chosen out of a competitive pool of normies. Nominees. Sorry, nominees. Wow. I didn't even know I'd been nominated. Reuben, did you know about this? Because our ceremony is for radio, we ask our winners to deliver their acceptance speeches live on their own shows. Oh, that's very fun. Well, I'll have Whenever to- you're ready. What? I have to do it right now? Yes. Never it's alive. I-, I was hoping to have more time to prepare. We need to give the speech right now, or we have to take it book. Take it back. Sorry, 
take it back. Well, it's not my fault. Your handwriting is... What did you say your organization's name was? Oh, yes. The name of my organization. The organization that is giving this award. I can absolutely tell you its name. And its name is... The Elbmic and... Right, faster. Elbmib Organization for Excellence in... I can't read that. Radio. For Excellence in Radio. That's interesting. Just out of curiosity, who were the other nominees? The other nominees? Yeah. Oh, sure. Um... Well, there was... Improvise. Jim. Jim. Yes, he he has a very popular radio show. What was his show called? Jim's Jams. He's blowing it. Amid, could you tell the founding members of your organization that if they're going to try to trick someone, they probably shouldn't use the same fake names they used last time? She said if you're going to try... Am anything but. But you were tricked for a little bit. Yes, for a moment there, you thought you had won an award. Silly Lisfira. But we would give you the award if we had it. Isn't that right, Bimbul? That's right, Kimbul. We think you're the best radio host in all of Griflon. Well, that's very nice of you to say, I guess. For those of you who don't know, this is Kimbul and Bimbul, my two favorite imps. I interacted with stole my mom's wheelbarrow, so in comparison to them, you two aren't that bad. Oh, that is no good. No, we do not condone imps who steal things. It is not very nice. It's too easy. It's much more challenging to trick people. Bimble. Oh, but also it is also not very nice. Oh, Lishira, do you want us to steal it back for you? Yes, stealing is okay when you're stealing from a stealer. No, Kimble, that's not the right word. It's stoler. Stealing is okay when you're stolen from a stealer. No, that's okay. I heard someone say last week that they saw a bunch of imps riding over the waterfall in a wheelbarrow, so it's probably not in the best shape anymore anyway. <clears throat> this is an announcement to all the imps in Grevlon. Yes, listen to Bimble, all you imps. This is our friend, Lisira. She and all of her things you could steal are under our protection. Oh, that's very sweet. So you should absolutely steal from her. What? Yes, steal from Lisfira. You know you want to. No, don't steal. Hush, Lisfira. Shh, shh, Lisfira, imps don't like being told what to do. Not at all. So if you want them to not do something, you have to tell them to do it. Oh, like reverse psychology. We call it imp psychology. I've never heard of a reverse before. Is that that creature that lives in the peaks of Paragor with the eight wings? No, no, Bimble. That creature isn't real. I made it up. What? That was your birthday present trick. Well, I thought the trick was that you didn't get me anything for my birthday. That was a great trick. Yes, but I also tricked you into thinking there is a creature with eight wings in the peaks of Paragor. Oh, Bimble, is it your birthday? No, it was four months ago. The longer the trick, the better the gift. Hey, can I go now? <gasps> Imid! Imid! Take a bow! Lisfira, this is our male person, Imid! Imid, say hi to our friend Lisfira! Hello again.
Mid, sorry you got dragged into this. It's okay. They said if I helped them trick you, they'd stop leaving weird stuff in the mailbox for me to find. Did you make them promise that the offer to stop tricking you wasn't a trick in itself? What? <laughs> okay, well, this was a waste of time, and I'm behind on my route now, so... You know, Kimble and Bimble, you should definitely keep tricking Amid. You really think so, Lysira? I would think that you would tell us to not trick our mail person. Yeah, I mean, Amid works really hard to get you your mail every day and continues bringing your mail even after all of your tricks. So why should you stop? Could I jump in with some reasons? Hush, Amid. Shush, shush. Hmm, interesting. I'm getting a little tired of tricking Amid. Aren't you, Kimball? Yes, I was about to say, I'm getting a little tired of tricking Amid, Bimble. Oh. I have decided I will not be tricking Emid anymore. I will not be tricking Emid either. What? But I just told you two to keep tricking Emid. Sorry, Lisura. No matter what you say, we will not be tricking Emid anymore. Aw, oh, man. Well, sorry, Emid. I tried. Well, that's... Uh, oh, no. Well, I can't say I'm not disappointed. Oh, we know. Now your route is going to be so boring without us tricking you. Yeah, so boring and peaceful and quiet. Right? It sounds terrible. Bimble, now we're going to have to find something else to do now that we won't be putting things in the mailbox. Ooh, we could make our neighbor think her flowers are talking to her. <gasps> that is a great idea. Or... Thanks for your help, Lysphira. No problem. I had to help someone on this call. This is an advice show, after all. Lysphira, we have to go now. Our neighbor is watering her flowers, so we have to go. Well, thank you for bringing me someone who needed some advice. Bimble, did you ask Lysphira for advice? No. Did you? No, I didn't ask for any advice. You must be mistaken, Lysphira. Silly, Lysphira. Mmm, silly me. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye, Lysira. Emid, why did you think... Phew. Well, that just goes to show, folks. Some people don't even realize they need advice until they get it. Although, I have to give the imp some credit for that one. I'm going to keep imp psychology in my back pocket. And we've reached the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Lysphira. Next up we have... Oh, Reuben's handing me a piece of paper. Is this what's up next? Oh, it's a new announcement from the Towering Forest Rangers. Reuben! How long have you had this? Okay, it says, An update from the Towering Forest Rangers. To recap our last announcement, there is a creature stealing shiny items from... Okay, we know all that. Get to the announcement. Okay. <clears throat> the update is that the creature has recently been spotted in the vicinity of the Towering Forest radio station. What? That's where we are! Ruben, did you open that window again? Close it, close it, close it! Okay, the creature likes shiny things. Do we even have any shiny things in here? Well, I guess this paperweight is pretty shiny. Reuven, are you? <gasps> I think he's asleep. Oh no, Reuven didn't close the window. Oh, the creature is probably right outside. I don't want it to see me. Okay, I'm gonna try to throw this paperweight out the window to draw it away, and then I'm gonna close the window. All right, Lindenbar, you can do this. I'm gonna count myself down. 49, 48. Oh, Nara's alive, it's in the window. It went after the paperweight, and I closed the window. 
That was exhilarating. Okay, I need to call the rangers and also wake up Reuven. Although, he looks so peaceful. Maybe I'll let him nap for a bit. At least until the rangers get here. I'll talk to you all again real soon. But in the meantime, keep your chin up and keep an eye on your shiny things. Bye! Thank you for listening to Dearless Vera, which was created, written, and edited by Katie Siegel. Everyone in this episode was voiced by Katie Siegel. And I'm Nicole. Hi! If you enjoy the show and want to help it grow, please take a minute to leave a kind review on Apple Podcasts. You can also rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do, Katie will make you her mortal hero. That's like the opposite of a mortal enemy, right? For more Dearless Vera, check out at Dearless Vera on TikTok. You can also follow at Dearless Vera on Twitter and Instagram. Or don't. Live your life. Bye! Bye!